I believe in Hashem. I trust in Hashem. There never is I am alone and I'm on my own. I believe and I trust in because I understand that He's holding my hand and every step is perfectly planned. He's holding me tight, so I'll be alright. I believe and I trust in Hashem. Someone once came to Shul, the night of Purim, to hear the Megillah. But as soon as the guy started to read the Megillah, he says, Oh, I know this story already. I heard it last year. I'm not interested. You understand how untrue such a story can be. It's a mitzvah to hear it every year. Some people hear it and take a new lesson each time. Some people hear it and get bored. When we read the parsha each week, what is out that I say, Midaflebin, Midatzait, to live with the time, with the parsha of the week, Li- live by it, take out Torah's lessons in how to serve Hashem better. And by every every time you hear the same parsha. Your brain is more developed, you understand it better, and you can take out more lessons. That's why, by chassidim, storytelling is not just for entertainment, for fun. Storytelling is to learn lessons. And that's why story can be repeated again and again. It comes to we tell the whole story all over again. I heard it last year. Because you're going to get new lessons. Your brain is developed more this year. You're more mature. That's why when people hear a story a second time, they should not just say, okay, well, here's so I heard it already. No, be happy that you're hearing it so that you can take out new lessons. Plus, you get to remember more details. Why am I telling you this? I'm going to tell you a story now about the Baal Shem Tov, which many of you possibly heard it already. But it's good to hear it again because we could take a new lesson out of it. I usually try not to repeat a story in less than two years. So if you heard it from me two years ago, enough time to forget some details. Lineather. So the story I'm going to tell you is about the Baal Shem Tov before he passed away, before his Histalkus. The Baal Shem Tov called together his students and told each student individually what their shlichus will be, what their job would be after he passes away. Told each one where to live, where to go, and what to do. And he gave them each a bracha. After they all left, the only one remaining in the room was the Balshamtoiv and Rabbi Yaakov, 
his personal assistant, his shamash. And he said to him, until now, for the past years, you have been serving me as an assistant. But now I'm going to give you a shlichus to do. Because you traveled with me <coughs> and you had so many experiences where we went to different places and different things happened, you can become a storyteller to tell people all over in different cities and towns and villages, repeat the experiences that we had. And that will inspire them. That will be your job. You become a storyteller. And he gave him a bracha. And after the Baal Shem Tev passed away, Rabbi Yaakov said goodbye to his family, told him he's going on a shlichus now. And he'll come back from time to time. And they all said goodbye to him, and he left. He took along with him a suitcase with his talus and fill-in, some svarim, some clothing, some food, and he's on the road. Wherever he came, wherever he turned, and he, the people heard that that's Rabbi Yaakov, the Shamash of the Baal they all came to the shul to listen to his stories. Not just stories he told them, Meshalim that he heard from the Baal Shem Taira. He became like a Magid. You see, in those days, there were Magidim. What's a Magidim? A Magid, it's, it's called a preacher. But what does that mean? Someone who is like a big Rav and a big Tamil Chacham, instead of staying only in his own town, he would travel around and give inspirational speeches to Yidden all over. That's what a Magid is. When he would finish, the people of the town would collect some money and give him as a payment. And there were Magidim, traveling Magidim. And this Reb Yaakov became like a Magid. And when whoever heard him speak, Loved everything he said, everything he told. So people came from all walks of life to listen to him. Most of the year, he was away from home. When would he come? Only Yamtif. Yamtif, he would come back home and spend it with his family. Now, because he was a Magid, he got money. He only used some of it for himself to get by, to live. The majority, most of it, he put away for his wife and kids. So when he comes for Yantif, he gave it to his wife. His wife would use some of the money for the family, and the rest of the money, whatever she was able to save, to put it away for savings for a chasana of her daughter when she'll become old enough to get married. One time, when he came home for Yom Tif, his wife, with tears in her eyes, she started to beg him, Yaakov, how much longer do you have to be a wandering Jew? 
Isn't it about time that you settle down? That you stop wandering around telling stories? And you'll get a job here in our town. <clears throat> Rabbi Yaakov answered her and said, Believe me, I would wish that I can do that, could be with the family. I know how much the family misses me, and I miss the family. We need each other, yes. But I was given the shlichus. The Rebbe told me to go. He didn't tell me when to stop. So until I get a signal, a sign from the Rebbe, that it's time to stop, I have to continue the shlichus. And we should do it besimcha. Now, how is he going to get a signal from the Baal Shem Tov? Baal Shem Tov is already in Gan Eden. Well, he was a true chassid. And the chassid knows that the Rebbe will find a way to get an answer. In fact, after the Friedrich Rebbe passed away in Yud Shvat, people came to the Rebbe and said, we always wrote our letters to the Friedrich Rebbe, with questions and we got answers. Now what should we do? Friedrich Rebbe is a Ganeiden. And the Rebbe answered, he says, you continue writing on the Rebbe Vetshoin Gefinin Aveg. The Rebbe will already find a way to get his answer to you. And we know thousands of stories of people they go to the aisle they, they write to the Rebbe, and, and they get answers somehow. How? That's the Rebbe's business. The Rebbe figures that out. But the main thing is we get answers. So Rebbe Yaakov said to his wife, as soon as I get a signal, a sign from the Baal Shem Tov to stop, I'll stop. So he left the Simcha, the family was happy, still doing shlichos. He started to travel. This time he traveled so far, over a thousand miles, and he came near the borders of Italy. And he was about to turn back when he heard from somebody that in Italy, in Rome, in the city Rome, there's a very rich Yid, Reb Moshe. He's the head of the community. Extremely wealthy. And he enjoys to hear stories of the Baal Shem Tov and pays generously for every story. Aha! Okay. I'm not going to pass that opportunity. So he went to Italy. He went to Rome. Looked for the Yiddish section, came to the shul, and over there he met many Yidden in the old, old shul over there. And he also met Reb Maisha, the head of the community. He introduced himself as Reb Yaakov, the Shamish of the Balsham Toiv. As soon as Reb Maisha heard this, he was so happy, he hugged him. He says, please come to my house. Stay as long as you can. I want to hear stories from you. He brought him home. Gave him a beautiful room. 
He also gave him a servant to take care of all of his needs. And he said to him, rest up for a few days. Rest up until Shabbos. And Shabbos, we have a few meals. And during the meals of Shabbos, you'll share your stories with us. Rabbi Yaakov accepted. And for the next few days, he just took it easy. He was relaxing. When, during those few days before Shabbos, word got around town. Rabbi Moshe has a special guest. Whenever there was a special guest by Rabbi Moshe, the whole town will come to show respect to him. They would come to say hello. Now that they heard that the special guest is the personal assistant, the Shamash of the Balsham Tov, nobody wants to miss an opportunity, especially when they found out that he's going to tell stories of the Balsham Tov. So people rushed through their Friday night meal to come there as early as possible, not to miss a word. When finally everyone came into Reb Moshe's house, everyone is quiet. Reb Moshe gets up, says, Good Shabbos, good Shabbos, everyone. A boy side we have with us a very special guest, Reb Yaakov, the personal Shamish of the Balshemtov. He was with the Balshemtov many years. And he experienced many wondrous things. And we're lucky to have him today with us, Baruch Hashem. And he's going to share some of those experiences now with us. Without any further delay, Reb Yaakov. Yaakov stood up with a big smile on his face. He has already a whole list of stories that he prepared hoping to impress everyone and make them happy. He stands up. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos, everyone. Very nice to be here. It's a covet for me that so many people came. And I would like to share some stories with you. And he opened up his mouth and started to tell a story. It once happened that and he got silent. He tried again. The Balshamtoiv one time the something very shocking and terrible happened. All the stories that he had left his mind. He forgot all the stories. He could not remember a single story. Everyone noticed the shocked look on his ma- on his face. He was so shocked and so uncomfortable. He's rubbing his forehead, wiping his brow, trying to remember a single story, and he can't. He even noticed some people looking at him suspiciously. Maybe he's not a real storyteller. Maybe he's a fake. Maybe he's a liar. Maybe he's not Reb Yaakov, the Shamish. He just wants to have a nice place where to stay for a few days. 
That's the way he felt. Because he's disappointing everyone. The only one who was still nice to him was Reb Moshe. Reb Moshe felt bad for him and said, Yaakov, listen, this could happen to people. A lapse of memory, yeah, sometimes it can go blank. We have another day tomorrow, another meal. Actually, we have two meals tomorrow. So, let's use the time now to sing Zmirais. And Be'ezus Hashem, tomorrow we'll see what happens. They started to sing Zmirais. When they finished their Zmirais, they benched. And they left. Reb Yaakov went to his room, totally embarrassed and disappointed. He felt so bad, he couldn't understand what happened to me. This never happened before. I've spoken before big crowds. He thought maybe it's a, some kind of punishment for some kind of Avera. But he couldn't think of anything that he did wrong. Another option came into his mind. Maybe this is the signal, the sign from Hashem that I should stop telling stories. Maybe this is the sign. I don't know. And there he lies in bed. He can't fall asleep. But then suddenly, like a bolt of lightning, the floods of memories came right back into his brain. Wow. I remember every story now. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you. And he was able to fall asleep. The next morning, he told Reb Moshe, Baruch Hashem, everything is back to normal. By the meal in this afternoon, by the Su'uda, we'll have the stories. But, sad to say, as soon as he opened his mouth by the meal to speak, blank. So mysterious. He cannot understand why this is happening. Well, Rabbi Moshe said, we have another meal, Shalosh this. But you can imagine, only part of the crowd showed up for Shalosh <laughs> They didn't want to be disappointed again. And sure enough, he did not remember anything by Shalosh either. When it came Malava Malka time, he's sitting with his host, with Rabbi Moshe. Reb Moshe says, come on, there's no one here now, just us. Try to think of one thing. Sorry. Nothing's coming to mind. I'm so sorry. And uh, I'm planning to take my suitcase tomorrow and leave. No, no, don't you dare. Please don't leave yet. What am I going to stay for? Stay, give it a couple of more days, please. Let's say until Tuesday. If by Tuesday you still don't remember anything, I won't hold you back. I'll let you go. When it came Tuesday morning, and he still did not remember a single story, Moshe said to him, I can't hold you back, but take the sack of money anyways. And he gave him 
a nice donation of money. And he walked with him <coughs> to Rabbi Yaakov's horse and wagon. Rabbi Yaakov gets into his wagon, puts his suitcase down, and sits down on the seat. But at that very second, Rabbi Yaakov jumps up. Maisha, Maisha, quick, I got one. You got what? I have one story. I remember it so clearly. But as is Hashem, I'm not going to forget it now. I, I, I mamish have it in my mind now. Let's, let's get into the house. Quick, quick. They run quickly into the house. They sit down. And Rabbi Yaakov is out of breath. <sighs> Meshach says, calm down. Catch your breath. And you'll start telling me. Yeah, I got it. Baruch Hashem, I have it. So we're going to give Rabbi Yaakov some time to catch his breath. And Mirzim, the next part of the story we'll hear, we'll hear at next story time. Zaygazan.